Welcome to Transforming the Toddler Years, a core four parenting podcast blending soul and science-based strategies to empower pandemic moms like you raising kindergarten-ready kids. I'm Cara Terrell, your host, a lifetime lover of littles, girl mom, early childhood educator, and conscious parenting coach who truly believes that how we connect and collaborate with our kids in the first five years is how we raise world-ready kids who will change this world. Hey mamas, you know I try to bring you the most impactful and influential guests who have a message to share that will allow you to do the big job of collaborative parenting even better. So today I have Deb Porter for you and she's going to talk to us about something we talk about a lot, listening. Do you feel like your kids really listen to you? Do you really listen to your kids? Is hearing the same thing as listening? Oh my gosh, this episode is going to get you thinking. And that is the goal here. So Deb is on a mission to quote, Mr. Rogers, the world through teaching and practicing confidential and compassionate listening. To that end, she created Hold Hearing Out Life Drama a confidential listening service that is outside the common circle of family, friends, or coworkers, and different from therapy or life coaching. Doesn't that sound great? She makes sure that her team of listeners lightens your load by quite simply listening. So let's enjoy this episode together. I learned a ton. I'm sure you will as well. Deb, thank you so much for taking some time to be here with us. You are a professional listener, but today we're going to be asking you to talk to us, to tell us about what listening really means at the core of human connection and why it matters so, so much. Do you want to start right there? Thank you. First of all, yes, I'll start right there. Thank you. (laughs) Um, The core of listening. Oh, my goodness. It's so important to engage with someone and stay present. And that core is really all about, I use it as an acronym. And the core stands for uh, centered or calm. And what outcome do you want? So that's the O relate and empathy. So that's, that's my core. I know you use it in a slightly different way, but yes, it's um, so important to really stay present. And it's so hard when you have littles to do that. In my experience. It is Mm, centered empathy. Oh, all of these emotions that as new moms, we think are going to be very intuitive, right? To the situations that we're in. And sometimes they are. And other times, um, I just recorded a meditation for the meditation membership this morning. And I was talking about how being a parent of littles is essentially living inside controlled chaos, (laughs) (laughs) right in chaos moments being able to stay inside that i choose calm is really hard where does that intentionality come from and and how do we hijack our knee-jerk reactions to get there it's a practice and it's a decision so if we're really going to listen well it's it's making a choice to always come back to that calm. It's making a choice to pay attention to when we get pulled off 
and we're finding ourselves becoming emotionally dysregulated, it's a conscious choice to say, okay, I'm going and then do whatever we need to do to get ourselves back. But it's a conscious decision. It really is. It's a practice. So it sounds like it's really unique to each one of us and knowing our triggers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I can share with you what works for me, but it it may not work for you. I expect it to some extent it will, but your triggers are going to be different than mine. But if you can figure out that which brings you back to calm and, you know, we can definitely talk about that. Deep breaths are great because a lot of times when we're being pulled off of our, our center and we're not calm, that emotional dysregulation a deep breath can bring us back. So I'm so glad to know you're doing these meditations because I think they're key, right? To being able to hold that calm. Yes. And it is a practice, which is why we do one a week. We hold on to that one for the week and we sit inside it as much as possible. You said something that I find really fascinating and I'd love if you could dissect it a little more for us. The art of compassionate listening. What's the difference between just being present for somebody and letting them talk to us, including our children, right? We want them to feel free and open just to do that and compassionate listening. It's extending yourself. It's extending love. My bio says that I wanted Mr. Rogers the world. If you've ever, if any of our listeners have ever watched Mr. Rogers, that's what he did. He he was compassionate to his core and anyone that he interacted with felt that love coming from him all the time. That's what I want to do for everyone that I encounter. That's what I always want to extend. I want people to feel that. That to me is compassion. That to me is, I see you, I hear you, you matter in my world right now. So beautiful. Um, I am a child of the 80s and 90s. Mr. Rogers is for sure part of my young pedigree. Mm -hmm. Mine too. (laughs) And I'm so grateful for that. And the gift that he gave is legacy, right? They've made documentaries, movies about it. It's a legacy gift because it was not intended for me the six-year-old to understand the gift I was being given until I was 26, 36, 46. Um, And so I I love what you're doing because that is the gift and you're a hundred percent right with, so we walk around, let me phrase it this way, as connected parents, as people who choose collaborative or conscious parenting, which is what the majority of my listeners are here to to listen about. Mm -hmm. We say what you're saying. I see you. I hear you. I value you. But what you're saying that we can do that without words. Mm -hmm. Yes. How powerful is that? Wow. (laughs) I, I want that so much. I want that in my life. And we are here talking about our children, but you hold space for adults to do that. I do. Tell me what they say, obviously not what they actually say. This is hold an entirely confidential space, but I do when people reflect and say the power of what I just experienced was, what is the power in it? Well, obviously it depends on the person. And so often those that come to me, they're really hijacked with what's going on. And so oftentimes they'll just start in and go, because they'll have so much. And then they'll go, and I don't know what to do. 
this has been a very common theme. I'm seeing this repeatedly. And so this is where in listening, most people make the mistake. Most people, when somebody goes, I don't know what to do, people start to answer the question. Here's what I see it. Here's what you should do. This is try this, this, this. Only I don't do that. What I do is I say, I heard you in so much pain. I heard you say this. I heard you say that. And right now, do you want to talk about solutions or do you just want me to hold space with that with you? And I ask the question, I just wait until they tell me what they need. Oh my goodness. If you could see me right now, I literally have my hands on my heart because that is what we need as moms. Yeah. When you were describing the overwhelm, the blah, 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 that's how we feel all day long. And at the end of the day, if we could just say it all out loud, say everything that felt too big, too overwhelming, too much, too confusing, um, even the stuff that some people would perceive as ugly. Today, I didn't even really want to do this job, but I didn't have a choice. To hold space for that, where it's compassion-filled and judgment-free, that sounds so beautiful. Mm. Most people experience it as really powerful. People who, um, after they've had an appointment, they they walk away going, that was amazing. Because what I do is I really hold space. I mean, that's that's why it's hold, right? I mean, it's hearing out live drama. It's a neat little, you know, acronym thing for people to find us. But, but it's holding space. It's... Um, not needing somebody to be different. It's trusting them that they have the answer inside themselves. I don't need to do anything in their world. I can simply be with them and hold space with them and simply love them. You talk and my brain just has different file folders of notes that it wants to pull from. That's how my brain works, which my listeners know. I <laughs> A couple things that really come out for me there. One is this tapping into your inner knowing. This knowing that is always living inside of us, but we don't often make or take the time and space to allow us to tap into it. That's the space that you're talking about. As you were talking, I flashed on uh, when my daughter was about two and a half and she had her first experience of grief. It was a loss to her. And I can't remember exactly what the loss was, but it just became so clear in that moment. My child is grieving. My child has has this loss. And as a parent, instead of, you know, you want to fix it. But I realized already at that point in her life, my job was was simply to envelop her and help her understand that her grief was valid and that her tears were okay and to start to help her understand whatever she feels she's welcome in with me that's mm. maybe not as articulate but I'm feeling so much as I'm remembering <laughs> I can see it I can see it in your eyes as you're feeling it and remembering and what a beautiful thing to do for your young child I'm going to make a global statement which I know is not always a smart idea but this is how I feel As a globe, we are predominantly a dysregulated population. We just are. And the way to solve this, the way to improve the quality of our globe's existence is to work with our littles, 
and hold their emotions and allow their emotions so they grow that way. And you know that's at the core of what I do. Um, and so that's why I just think oh, you and I serve in two very similar ways the populations in different ages and stages of their life. Yes. And as bookends, it's just it's just so beautiful. <sighs> Something else you said that I don't want to miss out on here is this idea of silence. Well, first of all, we always want to solve, right? As moms, we're great. We're multitaskers. We are problem solvers. We are creators of problems sometimes, and then we solve those problems too. <laughs> we are overcommitters. We are all the things. But that be able to hold silence and be comfortable inside it, that's hard work. How, for moms who say, ooh, that already just feels really uncomfortable to me. I have no idea how I could do that. How many seconds do you think is a good place to start to hold yourself accountable for? For me, I always watch the body language of the other person. So that's why Zoom appointments are a bit easier for me than, than phone. But even on the phone, you can start to hear somebody moving, even then, if you're really tuned in. And about the time somebody starts to shift in their body language, that's usually about the time that it's okay to say something else. But that silence is so important. We, Linda and I have written about that. She's my business partner. We've written about that in our blog. A couple of our blog posts have been about silence. So it's really, really important. And it is sometimes difficult because it means that silence is where the processing happens. And that silence is where the other person is gathering and putting together all of their things. And so if you speak through that, you're actually harming the other person in some cases, because you're not allowing them the room they need in their brain to come to the conclusions um, to follow their steps inside the brain that they need. And so, yes, it might be uncomfortable, but if you can watch for the body language, I would not recommend counting because it's going to be really different for every person. I would not try that. I would really look for the body language and even a child will start squirming or they'll do something right to indicate that they're ready to move on. My child always did. I believe that's pretty universal. <laughs> wow. So I just learned something, which is one of my favorite things about hosting a show is I learn and grow every time I talk to somebody new. Yeah, I've always been a counter and I will move away from that now, thanks to you. And I consider myself a space creator, a compassionate human, but now I'm going to add this next skill level and it's going to just make it even better. I was on a call this week and somebody said something and you remind me of it so much. And I think you can speak to it. She said, when I'm engaging with you, I'm half listening and I'm half feeling your energy. And I know by your energy waves, like you're talking, but when you talk, your energy either increases into the space that you're really meant to be in, or it shrinks away. And that's the spot where you need to be working. Do you find that in your work that you're as much an energy sensor as you are an absorber of words? Yes, I am an empath. So that is part of of who I am. I don't think about it as much as it's experiential for me. Um, I'm not sure I could be articulate about it. I haven't really ever tried to put that into words before. <laughs> so, but I know I am. And I feel like that's part of where the healing comes from when people speak to me. I feel like that's part of why, because I'm 
super dialed in. And so the energy to me is just so obvious. And that's why it came up for me with you is I think that's where your superpower is. That's where that zone of genius lies. And, you know, thank you for the technology that allows you to see people literally see and allow their energy to flow through a screen to you. I mean, that's just magical. Can I go back for just a second? Because you were talking about making a shift counting. And I think that anytime you're intentionally trying to do something new and practice something different, you may still want to count for a while. Mm-hmm. It may be that you you count, but then, you know, just anytime we're trying to make a change in our life, um, what's going to happen is you're going to find yourself, watch for the body language, right? So anytime we're making a change, we need to be gentle, be gentle with ourselves. That's so important. Be gentle with yourself to make these changes because uh, it's not just going to come all at once because we're creating new neural pathways in our brain. That's what happens. And so this is the path you've had. My path is to count. And so it's fine. Keep doing that and integrate in and work it. Okay. I'm going to count and that I'm also going to look for the body language. And so, so maybe you'll be at, at two next time. And, <laughs> but I really want our listeners to know you don't have to do it all at once. You don't have to do it all at once. Change doesn't have to be immediate. It really is. Oh my gosh. When I was a young mom, that was, ah, it was so challenging because I wanted to do it right. And I wanted to do it all right now. And I wanted to never make mistakes. And if I could have just found the grace that I know in my life now, that's been a, just a journey to get here. And it will be a journey for our listeners too. And I trust that everything is working out for them and their journey is unfolding exactly as it should. And just be gentle because it's okay. Thank you for bringing us back there. Thank you for bringing me back there. I really needed to hear that. And I'm sure that other people do too, uh, to be reminded of that. Hey, Cara here, just popping in to ask you a quick question. Are you dealing with meltdowns? Of course you are. You're a toddler mom. What if there was a tool that could help you manage your own emotions and triggers better? So you can help your child return to center faster inside the meltdown moment. I am so excited to share my free guide with you. I've even recorded audio files, five mindful mantras for conscious moms managing toddler meltdowns. Grab it today with the link in the show notes, then download the audios and manage meltdowns consciously. And now I'll bring you back to the rest of the episode. Let me ask you a question then, because we all have our triggers. So here's mine. I'll be fully transparent. When I'm engaged with somebody in communication, I want to be there with them. I do not like when people speak to me from different rooms. I want to be in their physical presence. I like eye contact. I like to know that we're sharing this conversation and that my words are flowing and now yours are flowing back. And I like to know I've been heard. I like some type of response, whether it's auditory or a head nod or a thumbs up. I do not care. But when I do not get these things, I get triggered and I have a 17-year-old who does zero of them. 
I also have a 17 year old and he, he has the same aversion. No, do, do not respond to any of my texts. I hate it when you do. Don't do that. <laughs> I feel that. I feel you, Kara. I really do. And I'm constantly asking, did you hear my words? Yeah. Well, then why didn't you say anything back? Well, I don't know how to respond to that. That's what I get back. Okay. So that said, so then, if that's his response, what did you say? Her. Girl. Her. I'm sorry, her. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Okay. Is everybody ready for me to really bear all? What I did is I tried to fix it. You could have said this or this or even this would be fine. But that was appropriate. In that, in that interaction, I feel like if that had been my family, I absolutely would have done the same thing because she said, I don't know what to say. She needed modeled for her. These are things you can say. These are things that would help me. And so, great. Good job. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, okay. I'm doing a little mommy happy dance over here. And it's interesting. We talked about that inner knowing, right? I am 100% confident when I work with moms with young kids, mm -hmm. with infants, toddlers, preschoolers. That's what I teach. So your children don't have the lexicon or the dictionary or the dialogue experience yet for you to expect them to know how to respond. So we're going to teach them. You could say this, you could say that. And I'm also famous for saying toddlers and teenagers are really not all that different. They're kind of the same humans in different bodies. I go even further. It's, it's us adults too. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny how in my work, I feel so confident teaching and using that strategy, but how in my triggered state of motherhood with my teenager, I felt like it might not have been the right choice. So this conversation is gold. It is gold on every level, regardless of whether you have a tiny, whether you have a teenager, or whether you are choosing to reparent yourself because of what you've gone through in the history of your life that got you to this point. So many listeners are embracing reparenting. They're saying, I want to break these trauma chains. I want to not give the next generation what I was saddled with, but it's really, really hard. Do you have anything to share with us about that? That was my journey. It was a conscious decision. And I didn't even really want to have kids. And my daughter was a surprise to us. Oh, my goodness. The truth that she would be gift to me was said to me by a very dear friend. And she was right. But I was very afraid. I was very, very afraid because I did not want to perpetuate and create another generation. And so as she was even forming in my body, I was already struggling so much with I know what not to do, but I don't know what to do. How do I do this different? I don't think, uh, how am I even going to be capable of raising this child? How will I even begin? And she's 22 now. So for me, I'm on the side of it was good enough. That's what you strive for. So the same wise person talked to me about how in generational trauma, what often happens, you can't, people can't see me, but I'm swinging my hand like a pendulum, right? So it's a pendulum. And so when you've had a really difficult childhood, when there's been trauma, when um, that's been generational, it swings all the way over here. And so you overcorrect by swinging the other way. And the thing she said to me was just so incredibly valuable. And I'm so happy I get to pass it on because it's so much wisdom. She said to me, Deb, be so careful that you don't swing the other way because you will do as much or more damage overcorrecting. She's like, just try to find the middle. Just try to find the middle. So 
just find the middle. doesn't have to be perfect. Don't overcorrect all the time. We don't have to be amazingly perfect mom superhero. That's not what we're going for. We're going for just in the middle, just love, just love in the middle. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's such a gift to give from a vulnerable place. And um, I'm really grateful that you feel safe to do that here uh, with me and with the listeners. And you're so right. That overcorrecting, that's a completely, that's another episode. Right? It is, yeah. That's another 30 minutes of discussion about what has happened over the last two generations and where the overcorrect is now showing itself in society. But what I will say that I love that you brought out in us is that we don't have to do perfect. We only have to do better. And that's what parents say. What do you want for your for your children? I want them to have better than I had, right? And we often think of that in physical, concrete terms, but really we need to start thinking about what you're talking about. I want them to be better listeners. I want them to be better communicators. I want them to be better at owning their own emotions and regulating them. I want them to be more compassionate and empathetic with people, regardless of if they share the same views. Like That's what I wanted. And that's why I wrote a parenting GPS that said all those things to remind myself in the moments where I wasn't being that, that I had to come back and model the values and the characteristics of the human being that I wanted to raise. Yeah, that's really great. I love that, Cara. Really great. I love that that you had a guidance system like that for yourself. That's so beautiful. I'm not sure I was that good. But I was just, what does love look like in this moment? What does love look like in this moment? What does love look like in this moment? That's what I was doing. <laughs> and it's all of it. Yeah. It's all of it. Right? Yeah. It's grounded in love with our North Star, which is our ultimate goal. And then the strategies that we choose in between to get us there. And that is what you do. And that is what I do wrapped up in a nice little bow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Just my body is buzzing with the joy of this conversation. Will you please tell people where they can find you online and how they can reach out if they are a mom that just needs somewhere to put all their stuff? Sure. My website is www.hearingoutlifedrama.com. It's a mouthful, but it's easy to remember. Hearingoutlifedrama.com. Hold. And if you like social media and you're on Instagram or TikTok, we're also there at at Hearing Out Life Drama. I will make sure those links are in the show notes and we'll get people connected to you if they need this. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your life experience. Thank you for the service you provide and for taking time to chat with us today. Thank you for showing up and doing this podcast for people and offering them the opportunity to grow and become their whole self. I think it's beautiful and I'm very excited that we could talk today. Thank you so much. Do you love listening to this podcast, but wish that you could see us while we're talking and engaging and emoting? Well, I have great news for you. We now have an opportunity for you to join our video membership access for only $7 a month. Every single guest episode, unedited, no ads, and all the wonderful things that we say and do are available to you on our Patreon account. Hop on over with the link in the show notes and choose the level that you'd like to support the show. Again, for $7 a month, All video access is available to you.
You can go back and forth throughout the episode. You can make sure to highlight your favorite parts. Watch it over and over if it really resonated with you to get those strategies and those intentional language just down the way you want. Would love to have you in there to better support you in your journey of conscious and collaborative parenting. Thank you, Mama, for making time for yourself and prioritizing your parenting, listening to this podcast. Until the next episode, stay mindful and proactive as you transform the toddler years.